I'm going to preach to you tonight. I know I preached last Wednesday and preached Sunday, but I guess you're getting a triple, triple dose here. Uh, I am going to be shifting topics a tad bit from what I preached Wednesday and Sunday, although I want that to, to really uh, stand in your mind as, as kind of a pinnacle of what, we, what we're looking to do through this house and through this place. But um, after we had such a great time um, on Sunday, and I appreciate all the congratulations and words that you all said to me and standing behind um, what, we, what we're doing together going forward. Um, as my dad mentioned, he's not retiring. So for those of you that were hoping he was going to retire, you, you're going to be sorely disappointed. For those of you that were hoping he wouldn't have retired, you're in good, you're good hands. And uh, he's actually preaching on Sunday. But, but, but only if you give double tithe, all right? Oh, that was, that was less of a response. Okay. We take the offering before he preaches. Count it. No, I'm just kidding. So uh, I've been thinking a lot about that and about my parents and their life and, and, uh, and folks like them that have given their heart and soul to a community. And then today I found myself at a memorial service um, for a gentleman here um, that's connected to us here and, um, and just heard the children speak and his brother speak about his life and his legacy, and I, I want to preach to you tonight on legacy. I want to preach to you tonight on the, on the concept of legacy, what a legacy is, and how you can leave a legacy. I want you to ask yourself a question before I start tonight. That question is, what will you leave behind when you leave this earth? See, because we oftentimes talk about, um, you know, the fact that when we leave this earth, we're going to heaven. But if, if the Lord took you tomorrow... Um, would you have left an imprint of your life here on the earth? I've been at some funerals, and today wasn't one of those, but I've been at some funerals where uncomfortably one person after another got up and tried to extract something wonderful about the person because, you know, there maybe only 15 or 20 people showed up at the funeral, and people got up there and said, well, you know, he's an interesting guy. He was, he was de- well, I'll tell you what, he was definitely interesting. He was, you know, I mean, you knew when he was there. I thought to myself, wow, at the end of your life, if that's all they're saying about me. I don't think I, I did what I was called to do. You see, God leaves us here on the earth, and I'm going to read some stuff here to you, but God leaves us here on the earth, not just so that we can just high five one another and enjoy ourselves, although he wants us to enjoy ourselves. But the reason that when we get saved, that God doesn't just take you up to heaven. The moment you say, Jesus, come into my heart. I love you. I turn my life around. I confess that I'm a sinner. Amen. The reason he doesn't suck you like a vacuum up into the corridors of heaven and meet you there at the pearly gates. The reason that doesn't happen is because God's given us a job to do here on the earth. Do you believe that? I know that Deanna does, but the rest of you believe it. See, God's given us a job to do. And part of that job, that by the end of your life, whether it's a year from now, and hopefully it's not, or it's 50 years from now, at the end of your life, when you leave this earth, when you finally get called home, what will you have done here on the earth? What kind of imprint would you have had? Now, if they, if they stack the Coca-Cola cans and bottles that I've drunk in my lifetime, they could build probably the Taj Mahal. Love Coca-Cola. Haven't, 
I drank one at mom's house on Sunday and haven't for about four weeks. So I'm being a good boy. But if that's, all I, if that's all I leave on this earth is a bunch of empty Coke cans, maybe a closet full of clothes. I remember my, my grandmother, who meant so much to us, passed away um, last year, uh, about a month before my little one was born, a month, a month before she turned 100. I remember mom took a while before she went through her stuff. She waited a while because she didn't want to kind of disturb her room and her stuff much. When she finally went through it, some of us kids trickled in here or there. My sister spent some time there. And we looked at what her life looked like. We looked at the legacy of her life. But her legacy isn't found in the pictures. Her legacy isn't found in what's in her closet, the clothes, because she didn't have much. I do not take after my grandma, okay? She had very little clothes. She didn't have much she had very little things. She, wasn't a, she didn't have all the fancy diamond rings. She just wasn't that way. She wasn't, she wasn't someone that was super gaudy or ornate or wanted all those things. But she left a legacy and an imprint on us. She left a legacy and an imprint on this world through her daughter, through her son-in-law, through her grandchildren. She left a certain legacy with us. And as I heard today, these children, youth, uh, youth, <laughs> I don't want to say that. As I heard them eulogize their father and talk about his life, talk about what he meant to them, talk about what they had, what he had taught them, what he had inspired them to do. It made me think about what kind of legacy will I leave? What kind of legacy will you leave? I have a little funny story. Uh, there were two couples who had been friends for years uh, that were spending the evening together. And they were playing cards. And, and uh, the, the two men got up. They were down in the den. They left the ladies down there chatting. They just had finished a, a, a hand of cards. And the two men went into the kitchen. And, and uh, one of the men said, Joe, you played a great game of cards tonight. He said to him, he said, uh, you know, I have never seen you play so well. And he said, well, why are you saying that? He said, because normally you can't even remember what cards have already been played. I have to nudge you and say, the, the queen of hearts was already played, dummy, you know? And he said, well, don't you understand? I, I, I've been uh, going to a memory school. And he said, you've been going to a memory school? And he said, yeah, I'm going to a memory school. And he said, well, what's the name of that memory school? And he said, oh, gosh. Um, uh, what's that, um, that flower... You know, the flower you get on Valentine's Day sometime has a long stem, and it's oftentimes red. And he said, Rose? He said, yeah, hey, Rose, what school am I going to for my memory? <laughs> but I thought, you know, we talk about losing our memory as we get older, but, you know, oftentimes we, we, we think about somebody in the context of the memories that we had with them. You know, what do, how, do you, how, are, how are they remembered? And we oftentimes make something or we have a memorial service. It comes from that word. And we oftentimes have a memorial at the graveside in the form of a stone, in the form of an inscription. We bring flowers there to memorialize them. A memorial is something that helps us keep a memory of something significant that has happened in our life or in our hearts or in our minds. And the word memorial means this, and I want you to find this interesting, and I'm going somewhere, so just hold on. This isn't, this is, just hold on a second. The word memorial in scripture comes from a word that means to prick, to pierce, or to penetrate the memory. So the word memorial 
that's described in the Bible is to actually pierce a memory. So to go back and to open up a memory. Think about, I remember we had a pool uh, in the back of our house. We were, we were, we were, we were one of those uh, uh, non-rich families, we'll just put it that way. And we had uh, a pool that, some, that we took down from somebody else's house that was ratty. It was an above ground pool. It was, the sides of it were rusted. I remember so distinctly. And it barely held water. I remember one time we had a bunch of ladies over from, from, from Esther's place. No, we had a party. It was a bunch of girls from Esther's place. I remember because I was about 12 when I was excited the girls from Esther's place were coming over and they were going to be in their bikinis, all right? I distinctly remember that. <laughs> and so I, I was in the pool and, and the girls were there and I was like, this is wonderful. I'm, I'm the only guy here. And there's, no. Anyway, so... One of the girls, my mom said, whatever you do, don't jump in. I said, whatever you do, don't jump in, because this pool is rickety. It's, it's, yeah, I remember who did it and everything. And uh, they, my memory is very, very clear on this. And they, uh, somebody decided they would jump in. They jumped into the pool, and they must have hit the side or ripped a hole in the side. And all it took was a little pierce in the side of that pool, and the whole pool opened up and dumped, I don't know, 10,000, 12,000 gallons of chlorinated water out into the backyard. And if you've seen any of those YouTube videos of those things open up, it takes about one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and it's all out. But that's what memorial means. It actually means to pierce a memory, and it comes flooding back. How many of you have ever seen something or heard something or maybe tasted something or smelled something It just reminded you of a memory you had as a child? Do you remember that? Well, uh, Proverbs 13, 22 says this. It says, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Joshua 4 says this in, ver in verse 4. It says, So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of Jordan. Each of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribe of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Now God performs this amazing miracle where he rescues them. And he says, I want you to get stones and we're going to lay them down here and they're going to become a memorial. And what we're going to do is when your children come by this way and they say, Daddy, what are those stones? You're going to remind them of what God did here in this place. He said, we're going to, you're going to, that memory will be pierced and flooding back will come the memory of what God has done. And I, I want to speak to two sides of this coin for a second. The first is some of us are living in the legacy of somebody else. We have an opportunity to live in what God has done on behalf of somebody before us. Some of us are fighting for ground and trying to win ground in places in our own life that has already been fought for and won by somebody else. We've had an opportunity to take somebody else's ceiling and allow it to be our floor and to stretch above that. But, but for whatever reason, because of sin or shame or, or, or we don't believe that God really wants to use us, we start all over again because we don't remember what God is capable of doing based on what he's done. 
And I want to tell you this, guys. You know, my parents have fought for years. They have literally, we were talking on Sunday, laid down their life to see the gospel go forward. And not, this is not about making them saints around here. We're, we'll do that in a couple years. They, they have laid down their life. And I, and I thought to myself, when I was thinking about this on Sunday and thinking about this in the context of what was going on today, I want at the end of my life, I want at the end of my journey, I want at the end of when I finally say, you know, well, this whippersnapper coming up, I'm going to let him uh, take, take things over. I want to, when that point comes in my life, although it won't be the end, when I move on to the next thing in God, I want to be able to say, I took what the legacy that was given to me, the legacy that was given to you, and I left an imprint with my life. And, I, and this isn't a sermon just for me. This is a sermon for you. I want to ask you, what are you going to do with God, what God has given you and put in your hands right now? Because there are memorials along the way. You can say, well, I didn't really have a Christian heritage growing up. Well, I tell you what, there's some saints of God here that have been here for a while, all over this church, sprinkled throughout. God identifies them by dropping holy snow on their head. You'll know who they are that have seen God move for years. If you don't have a legacy, you can team up with somebody and, and you, can allow, you can begin to live from their legacy. You can begin to live from what they've seen and done. You can say, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with something. Tell me about a time in your life where you encountered something like this and God did something. Don't be scared of me. Because you can look back at the memorials, the memories, the things that God has done and reach forward, not, not just to look back, just to look back, but reach forward knowing that if God did it back there, he can do it again in my life. He can do it for me. And the second thing I want to I wanna kind of, that's kind of a, the smaller side. The other side I want to I empower you to really think about tonight, and this is one of those introspective sermons where I don't expect you to, to run around the place, although you can if you want, Mr. Tugger. Um, <laughs> but I want to ask you something. When you leave this earth, what will this earth look different? How will it look different, being that you were here? Will it look different? Because the reality is, some of us today are leading lives that if tomorrow we were gone, the legacy that you would leave, I promise you, wouldn't be what you'd hope you'd leave. We live sometimes in so much fear and timidity of what tomorrow will bring that we allow our decisions in life to be jaded, to be clouded, and to be interfered with because we're afraid of really stepping forward. That's why it's so important to understand and know what God has done. That's why it's so important to understand that if he's done it for one generation, he'll do it for another. And when we walk forward, we need to take risky, crazy, I mean, I mean large, gigantic leaps of faith forward. I promise you something right now. If you think that we've taken some giant leaps as a church, over the years of faith, the biggest leaps of faith that we are ever going to take are on the horizon. That's right. If you think things are smooth sailing from here because we have, you know, 400 beds and 50 properties or whatever it is where people's lives are being impacted and you think that's amazing because it is amazing, sure. 
but the biggest leaps of faith that we're going to take together are on the horizon. And do you know why we're going to have the faith to do it? Because we're going to remember the times before where we've built memorials, where we've looked back and said, God's done it once. He's going to do it again. And I'm going to tell you something right now. We as a church will be known as a church that's leaving a great legacy here on the earth. We are not going to stop doing what God's called us to do. We will not stop seeing our community touched and transformed. We will not stop following the plan of God for our lives in our city. And I'm going to tell you this right now, the destiny of God over Sarasota and your life and where you fit into it is just beginning. And it's great. I love when Brother Tucker says, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, that the plans are great for our lives, says the Lord. Plans to prosper, but not just to prosper, a future and a hope. We have a future and a hope. We have a future and a hope. And so I want to breathe life into you because some, some of us here have been told by so many people that we'd never amount to anything. And we've lived in this perpetual cycle of either poverty or, or whatever it may be that's held us in a certain spot. And we said, I just want to live. I just want to make it. I, I, don't, I can't even think about going beyond just making. I just want to make it out of my current mess. God wants us to think beyond that because you're called not just to make it out of your mess. That's wonderful. This has been a place where a lot of people have made their way out of messes. And it gets me excited when people aren't stuck in their mess anymore. But then what? Because you don't leave a legacy on this earth just by getting rid of your mess. That just avails you and frees you up so that you can take a leap of faith forward and leave an imprint and a lasting legacy on this world. Some of us have children. What are we teaching our children? What, what do we want our children to have when we're gone? Ask yourself that. Maybe you have a niece or a nephew. What do you want your niece and nephew to have because you lived on this earth? You know, Christianity is never more than a generation away from being extinct. If one generation said, well, we'll just ride the coattails of the last one. They did a good job. There's enough people that are saved. There's enough people that know Jesus. In one generation, the gospel can go away here on the earth. Christianity doesn't have to, Christianity doesn't have to continue on to the next generation. There's not some magic Christianity fairy that comes down, just make sure every, there's a certain number of people that are still saved. It's our legacy that we leave here on the earth. It's our legacy that we leave in our city. It's our legacy that we leave in our jobs and in our families and in our schools and our neighborhoods. It's what we leave behind that determines what's going to happen for the ones after us. I want you to think about this for a moment when it comes to you and your legacy. I want you to look at your neighbor for a moment. And I want to tell you, you can leave a legacy. Oh, you know what? That was so weak. You can leave a legacy. She's tweeting. Tweeting takes precedence over everything. She's leaving a legacy on Twitter. Listen, listen to me for a moment. Do you know why people were so hesitant to do that? You know why? Because some of us don't really believe that we can leave a legacy. 
and you don't really think you have anything to leave some of us here tonight, but let me tell you something. There is such greatness inside of you. I make, I make, I make fun of my dad all the time because he, he randomly picks somebody out and tells them they may have greatness inside of them. And I make fun of him in a loving way. But the reality is we do. We have greatness inside of us and your potential is great. I don't care if you live on Siesta Key or Longboat Key or you live on 27th Street or you live, I don't care where you live. I don't care where your socioeconomic background comes from. I don't care what your bank account is or what you look like. It doesn't matter. You have the opportunity to leave a legacy for the world around us. You know, you know what just gets me so excited? When I see people like, like Pat and Jessica and some of these others that have broken the cycles in their family where they have literally taken and they have shifted their, their legacy that they're going to leave and then they literally start to pass down a heritage that is godly and that comes from heaven. They literally begin to change the landscape of their family. And I, wanted, I want you to read why this is so important. There's a gentleman, his name is A.T. Pearson and he recorded a careful study. He, he, he did a study concerning the descendants of two families. I want you to think about two separate families. They didn't know each other, had nothing in common. One of them was the Jukes family, and the Jukes family was a long line of criminals. I know no one can identify in here. (laughs) Don't laugh. You sound guilty when you laugh. (laughs) The Jukes family, they studied 1,200 descendants. I want you to see how powerful legacy is and the inheritance that you leave. They studied 1,200 descendants that were traced. Of those 1,200 descendants, this was a family that were, they were criminals. They, they left a legacy of crime and destruction to their, young, the, to, their, to their future generations. 400 of them were physically abused. 310 of them, out of 1,200, so one out of four, became wards of the state. 130 of them were convicted criminals. Seven of them committed murder. Only 20 out of the 1,200 ever learned a trade. 20 out of 1,200. 1,180 of them never even learned a trade. Out of those 20, half of those learned their trade in prison. Then he studied the Edwards family, the descendants of the great preacher, Jonathan Edwards. They studied 400 descendants of Jonathan Edwards. This is what they found. 400. 14 of them became college presidents. A hundred of them became professors. A hundred out of 400. A hundred of them became ministers. So half of those 400, and this included men and women, and this is, you know, a hundred years ago, uh, 200 out of the 400 either became a minister or became a, a professor. And 60 of the remaining 140 became judges. That means if you were a descendant in the Edwards family, you had about a one in eight chance or one in 10 chance, whatever it is, of becoming a judge. One in eight chance. You had a one in two chance you were going to either be a minister or a professor. 
Think about that. 14 college presidents. Because the legacy and the inheritance that was passed down that Jonathan Edwards determined would look different than other families. This is the key. This is my whole sermon wrapped into one, one quick little thing. You can change not just the world, but future generations because of the decision you make to not just exist here on the earth, to, but, but to fulfill the Great Commission and to leave a legacy. You can do it. Imagine if those 400 were your descendants. They could be. Imagine if 100 of them became ministers, 100 of them became professors, 14 of them college presidents, 60 judges. Because you made a decision that the inheritance I leave will look different than what was left to me. The legacy I leave will look different. Some of you are on that path right now. You say, I'm going to change and break the cycle that was passed down to me. It's going to look different. You're on that journey. And I want to encourage you tonight as you step forward in this journey, as you take these small leaps of faith forward, things that look scary, going to college, stepping out for an internship somewhere, going for that, that promotion, taking that test, trying to get that certification, trying to take a step forward, stepping out in faith and sharing your gospel with somebody you would never have done before, loving somebody you would never love before, pouring the love of Jesus on somebody you would normally walk right past. Every one of those steps is another step in leaving an inheritance and a legacy behind you. I was moved today because, and I'm almost finished. I was moved today because I was at uh, First Baptist Church, which is one of the oldest and most prestigious churches in town. It's right on Main Street. It's beautiful. Big white pillars right next to the Sarasota Herald Tribune, if you've ever been in there. Beautiful woodwork, mahogany. It's just beautiful. I was in there today. And Pastor Hild, Bill Hild, Pastor Bill Hild, who is, uh, I don't know how long he's been there, but I know it's over 20 years. He's been there a long time. One of the most respected pastors in the community. I would put him up in the top two or three. Just very well respected by businessmen, by politicians, by, by people from all over the community. He pulled me aside today and he said, you're Pastor Jim Miner's son, aren't you? I said, Yes says, you look exactly like him. And I said, you, I rebuke you. No. <laughs> he, did, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. Blind, he said, <laughs> he said to me, let me tell you what he said to me. And I'm not, I'm not paraphrasing this. This is what he said. He says, I was with your dad recently or last year. He said, we were both given awards and honored yes. for something in the community. He says, what nobody probably realized there is your dad was the only one that actually deserved it. He said, I didn't deserve the award I was given. He said, I'm not trying to be falsely humble, but your dad is actually a man who deserved it. And he said this. Yeah, you can give him a hand. And he said this. Now this is paraphrasing because I can't remember the exact words. But he said this. He said, your dad has done more 
and had more of an impact on this community than anyone I've ever met. And he said, you guys will never know the impact your parents have had on people's lives. We'll never know until you get to heaven. And he said, I have so much respect for your dad. I can't even tell you. And then when, this was privately, he told me this. It's not private anymore. And, uh, and uh, I went up to play the guitar to help uh, Kevin Grodick sing some songs. It was Kevin's uh, wife's, wife's ex-husband that was buried. And Kevin sang some songs and asked John and I to accompany him. And so I went up and played the guitar. And when we were on our way up, he introduced us. He said, these are some of the kids of, of one of my colleagues. And he's one of the greatest men that I respect in this community. And I tell you that, yeah, I tell you that because that's what part of a legacy looks like. Not that you're famous, not that people know your name, but that you had such an impact on the community that, that people, when, they, when, they, when your name was mentioned, they would say, wow, what an imprint they left on their city, their community, their neighborhood. And you, you might say, Pastor Jim's a, wow, he's such a great guy. I, I'll, I'll never be as great as him. Trust me. No. Church is over. Let's go, folks. <laughs> he's so great. You don't even know. No. I want to tell you this. The only difference between my dad and maybe you, you today is a long time ago, he just said yes. And he was willing to give everything. And I want to encourage you that 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, the impact that you have on this city, on this community, on your neighborhood, on those that are around you, your family, your children, your grandchildren, your nephews, your nieces, could be, more, could be greater than anything I spoke of today. You can leave that kind of legacy and lasting impact. I have more to do, but we're going to get out of here because uh, I, I think the point has been made. I, I just, uh, I want you to think about as morbid as it seems, it's not really that morbid. When your funeral comes, what will be said of your life? And let me ask you a little differently. The day that, that, that day when God takes you home, what would you like people to say about your life? Because today you can start to leave that kind of inheritance to have that kind of legacy. Will you stand to your feet with me? I think we could make it a, a habit around here of, of telling one another that you have greatness in you. Why don't you try that out? Why don't you look to someone next to you and tell them that? Hey, all right. We're going to pause for a moment. How many, of you, how many of you were not convinced by the person that told you you have greatness in you? All right. 
Well, you take that person and convince them, all right? Now let me, as we as we get ready to close here, let me, let me let me let me tell on myself for a moment. Over the years, my over the years, my dad has taken ministers and preachers that have been beat up and torn down, and mom and dad have moms poured into the ladies and wives who are usually the most beat up, and dad's poured into the preacher that's been beat up, and. Uh, and he, he'll tell them, you know, you have greatness in you. I, I have a friend in New York City that came down here and, and met with dad in the middle of a mess going on in his personal life. And he just remembered. <laughs> I got to I I tell on you for a moment. <laughs> he told me he had greatness in him, but he had, he, had, he had made some mistakes and he had gotten caught um, <laughs> smoking marijuana. <laughs> and his church was falling apart. We know a lot of people in New York, so you're not going to be able to narrow it down. And uh, he came here, flew down here. He's crying hysterically. He can barely get out of the words as he's telling dad all the things he's done. He's messed up. And when he finishes, he's looking at my, my dad, waiting for this, this, you know, just, you know, fatherly, godly wisdom, like, we'll take you to the cross and you will lay down thy burdens. And, and my dad says, so you smoked a little dope. <laughs> And then he says, you're going to be okay. We're going to get past this. And then he said to him, you've got greatness in you. <laughs> now, now, I'm sorry, Dad. You know I like to take things you do or say and tweak them a little bit. I want to say this. You have greatness and THC in you, okay? <laughs> so I want to tell you this. You do have greatness in you tonight. And you can leave a great legacy. You can leave a great inheritance. I'm not talking about the money you leave. I'm talking about the impact you have on the earth. You can leave something great behind you. It doesn't take being a preacher or a pastor or an apostle or a prophet. You And what God has you doing right now, you can take steps forward to leave a great legacy behind you. And so let's just bow our heads. Father, we thank you that, God, you put a promise of hope and a destiny and a promise of good things in our future. And Lord, we just ask that you encourage us tonight, as some of us have never thought of leaving, uh, Lord, uh, when we leave this earth, of leaving the world, Lord, different than the way we found it. And so God, inspire us tonight as we leave this place to leave a legacy behind us, an inheritance for our children, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, Lord, our neighborhoods, our city, that it would look totally different because we live there. God, not just individually, but as a church, God, as a, as a body of Christ. And so we leave here tonight, Lord, with a promise in our hearts, each and every one of us. Lord, that we will look at our life differently. And Lord, not just for what we can get or what we can accomplish, but God, the, what we're going to do so when we leave this earth, that people take that pulpit, they take that mic and that stage, and they talk about the imprint that we had on the world. And so God, I just thank you for people that are hungry, not just to sit still here tonight, but to take steps forward in your plan for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen. We will see you. God bless you. Sunday morning, 9 o'clock and 1030.